Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, amazing brand in the tequila space. I can't even wait. You're going to be thirsty, uh, even though it's... Uh, I guess early afternoon here in Atlanta, I definitely um, am, am ready to go find a bottle. Although, I, you, you guys are just going to love what you're going to hear today. So on the podcast today is Mitchell Hayes, uh, founder and CEO of Los Sundays Tequila. Mitchell, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I am so glad you're here. Um, I have so much fun learning about your brand. Um, I'd been seeing it pop up here and there and was super interested in your story. And then when I started looking at your background, I was like, gosh, you got to get you on the show. And so I'm so glad you're here. Um, before we jump into Los Sundays and the tequila market, now called beverage market and whatnot, just share a little bit of your background and how you even got into the, the beverage space. Oh, it was it was all an accident, really. I feel like it it just it happened before I knew it. Um, obviously, sound of my voice, you can tell I'm not from here. I'm from Australia, <laughs> right? It's it's funny when we first started getting into this, and you know, my co-founder and main business partner Oliver, he's from Australia as well. Everyone's like, "What are a couple of Australian guys doing living in America selling a Mexican spirit?" Right. <laughs> That's a little odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, but it, it worked. So we um we both come from the um, the surf industry. We're kind of in the action sports industry and grew up surfing in Australia. I used to compete when I was young and started working for my sponsor at the time and, and was in kind of, you know, really liked the marketing and, and design aspects of the brand and then worked my way up. They ended up shipping me over to California and I, and I took on the marketing director role for Rusty North America over here. And that's kind of what led me to tequila. We had, we had tequila in Australia growing up and I had a, a couple of, not so pleasant nights on tequila when I first <laughs> drinking yes. and and yeah. that was my perception of tequila was a pretty harsh product but that's all that was available in Australia so you know fast forward I end up in America and discover high quality tequila and was like wow this this product's awesome and you know everyone around me is drinking it and you know I was fortunate enough that one of the team riders one of the kids that I used to take care of that rode for the brand his dad's side of the family was from Mexico and, you know, I got really close with them and, you know, they're the ones that kind of led me down the tequila path and like distillery and here's a thing. And then everyone's drinking tequila and, you know, that's, that's how I ended up in California and, and with tequila company. That's crazy. So, um, really, really cool background. Yeah. I, I do have, like, I think there's, one of my worst stories from college uh, did center on tequila, which we will not talk about here. But and I think everyone's got like a story, right? One hundred percent. That's all. And that honestly, okay, that that is how we got into this because this first tequila that we discovered that we wanted to bring to market, it has an all natural coconut extract in it, and it was exactly for that for that reason it's like we'd had bad experiences right. on that. So like all these people when sometimes you bring up tequila with people and yeah they make that face like oh and they're just going back to that college experience right. that was a horrible yes. night like, okay this tequila is your gateway back into the agave spirit as well because the coconut infused one it's so smooth and so easy to drink 
that it's like it's the recovery tequila like wow. the, the people out it's of there. For the and next day when you're like i need to drink again yeah. to get over the hangover yeah. <laughs> it's, what, it's what got us into the into the industry i mean into the spirit originally because you know we weren't used to tequila and you know jumping into kind of some high-end tequila straight off the bat if you're not used to that agave bite it can be a little intimidating so wow. this coconut infused tequila is it's a really good entry into the agave spirit space and that's what we kind of originally really brought us over and what we launched with. And then obviously as your palate develops and you really start to love the taste of agave and tequila, you move into your traditional Blancos and Reposados and has whatever you want to drink. And, you know, there's a mix of highlands, lowlands. There's a whole world of knowledge out there for tequila that's pretty interesting. So you come up through the surfboard ranks and, and um, kind of action sports and whatnot. I mean, you knew of tequila and alcoholic <laughs> beverage, but... I mean, which it's one thing to say, hey, I want to go start a business in that space, but you chose beverage and alcoholic beverage, and there's a lot to be figured out there. It, you knew it was going to be tequila, but what were the first steps to even get started? Did you have like someone to help you fast start that, or did you have to yeah, so, do your homework? So or? Randy Orozco, if I mentioned, I used to take care of his son in the surf industry. He was a really talented surfer until he hurt himself. He, um, you know, I got really close with their family and Randy, you know, loved tequila and he had a connection with a distillery and he was, he was the one that was kind of getting in my ear going like, we, we should do this tequila company together. Um, but at first, you know, I didn't know a lot about tequila. I was just discovering how good it was. But once I really fell in love with tequila myself and I started, you know, Randy was in my ear about, you know, we had a connection to a distillery. We had a product we could potentially bring to market. I started paying more attention and doing some research and what really stuck out to me and why I thought there was this opportunity or this white space to do something in tequila, which was a really tough market to crack, was everyone around me in Southern California. I was going to New York and Florida and doing all these events in the surf industry. They were all millennials, a lot of girls that all drank tequila and they were <laughs> right. all, you know, mid twenties, late early thirties. Right. They all loved tequila but then when i started researching brands all the brands were very like mature and serious and like male focused in their advertising you know it was a lot of like i looked at all their ads and it's like men in suits like very serious like in a dim lit right. bar with a like with a tequila in front of them and then i look around and everyone drinking and there's all these millennials and girls like dancing around and having a ball and these parties and i'm like this doesn't add up like so that, that was kind of my moment where I was like, what if we created a tequila that was really focused on this new generation of consumers and was more inclusive for millennials and for females and, and stuff that was relatable for them in the advertising? Wow. So that, that was how the, how the idea was born where, you know, we knew the product had to be really good and we partnered with one of the best distilleries in Jalisco. But the way we present it, that's where we really decided to shake things up and present the brand in a way that was, a lot more relatable for this specific audience. Got it. So for those who don't know Los Sundays uh, Tequila, you can check it out, lossundays.com. Um, award-winning, I mean, a um, bunch of awards. I was uh, blown away. Sustainably farmed. Um, you got to tell me what this means. 100% Blue Weber Agave Tequila. Um, so one of the unique things about your product is how it's made. Talk a little bit about that and what makes it unique. So a lot of people don't realize with tequila that tequila is like champagne. So tequila has to come from these certain regions of Mexico to be able to be called tequila. Otherwise, if you know the and the plant that you make it from is a blue Weber agave plant. Got so it. those plants actually grow in lots of places. They grow in California. I, I mean, I see them around here. But if that 
land is not grown and harvested and distilled in Jalisco and these regions of Mexico, it's not allowed to be called tequila. So the plant that it has to be made from is 100% is a blue Weber agave. Um, but then you have some cheaper tequilas that are a mix though. So it may only be like 51% blue Weber agave. And then it's, uh, the rest is made up of other things, fermented sugars, ethanols back in the day, horrible things. So <laughs> right. really, really good quality tequila is 100% blue Weber agave. And that's what Los Andes is made from. So there's nothing else in it. Got it. That, that's what makes it really clean. Like 100% blue Weber agave tequila, clean tequila is, from all reports that I've been told, I mean, don't quote me here, but, you know, it's everything that we've seen a lot of people talk about. It is the cleanest alcohol for your body. Wow. So a lot of people you think it's vodka. It's actually right. tequila. So, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Ah. Um, I did not know that. And I didn't know that, like the whole growing piece of that. That's really interesting. Um, so you had some initial, like, you had some, I'd say some traction initially in terms of the, the being able to get started. When did it go from, hey, I think we should do tequila and I, hey, we've got, you know, the distillery and the process and whatnot to, I think we actually have something here. Was there a point when you realized people were going to like this and start buying it and, and whatnot? Yeah, we early on, we definitely thought we had something special and different, but we had to test it. You know, we started off very grassroots and very humbly. Like we, you know, we raised a little bit of money from, from some friends um, and we brought up like one pallet of tequila and literally <laughs> one pallet. Nice. One pallet. That was it. That we'll, was just try. One, we'll just try one, one pallet. <laughs> yeah, one pallet of tequila was, we started delivering it from the back of Oliver's car. He had a Volkswagen tiguan or something pretty average old beat up car put in the back of that my bank account was overdrawn 17 dollars like we we were as scrappy as it gets but we're like we need to need to see if this is going to work so you know we started to put it in market and started to really focus on what we knew we could do best and that was marketing social media and branding so we had a really good network of people we knew how to use social media and we started kind of like seeding the brand that way and getting it placed in certain local liquor stores and local bars and really tried to build the hype online. Sure. Um, and, and we really spent that first year getting it placed and then take, almost taking a step back and watching it and observing and trying to learn, you know, we're industry outsiders. We don't know anything about major distribution. Right. Outside, right. Like, yeah. you know, that's the pros and cons. It gave us a, you know, you know, we looked at it in a completely different way than most other, you know, liquors that launched to it. So we kind of came, it was almost like we came in this side door before the industry even knew it. We're like in there rattling the cage. We're like, who are you guys? Like, right. what, what you doing? and we, you know, it was sheer ignorance. We just didn't know what we were doing. And, and we just thought we could do it. It's like, I've kind of, we've said this a couple of times, like knowing what we know now about the industry and how it works and how crazy it is. Like if we had not known that in the beginning, we probably wouldn't have tried. Right. But it's better, almost better not to know. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we didn't know, it was just that kind of like, this, right. Oh, we can do this. And we just believed in ourselves and had a good product. And, and yeah, it started to catch and it, and it really hit, you know, we started in the summer of 2019, I think it was. We Man, only partnered. two years ago. Yeah, we, we started partnering with um, the Bungalow. So there's a, there's a um, kind of these bars in Santa Monica and Orange County called the Bungalow that are really popular. Um, and the co-owner, Jen, there, she really took a leap of faith on us then and brought us in to kind of help put on these Sundays parties. So we started on these last Sunday Sundays. <laughs> nice connection. <laughs> right. Yeah, these like Sunday fun day. And that, that's really when it started to catch. We started drawing these big crowds and everyone would come to the bungalow on Sunday and our 
friends post up with DJ and, and, you know, all of a sudden it, we had a table and, you know, we'd have eight to 10 people at the table the next week. It was 15. The next week it's 20, you know, and you know, <laughs> three months in, it's just like the whole balcony of the bungalow is just packed with people and dancing and drinking tequila. And that's when, you know, we started to really catch and go, okay, you know, people are, are responding to what we're doing and the brand we're building. And, and we started to gain interest from, you know, outside parties and, sure. and, of the big distribution company. That's interesting. So that's where I was going to go next. So, you know, one, one pallet, you know, pretty easy to manage getting that here relatively easy. Um, but when you start getting into stores and uh, more retail distribution, obviously it's a different story. What did that look like? How did you have to transition? Yeah, it's, it's a steep learning curve. And, you know, that's, that's what we're figuring out now. Actually, we, you know, in 2019, we onboarded with Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. Oh, very much. Yeah, very familiar yeah. with them. Yep. Just, just for California, you know, and these guys are a juggernaut and we're really lucky, you know, Joe Mulhern over there was really good to us and, and really helped us. And, you know, we just started to work with them, you know, pretty unconventionally. They kind of brought us in in a different way than they normally do with brands. Um, so, and we just started to figure that out and work with them and build a good relationship with the reps in Southern California. And, and we started to see a lot more uptick in the brand there and starting to getting a lot more accounts. And once you have that distribution, uh, like bars or certain chains definitely look at you differently. Like once sure. you're like, oh, who who can we buy you through? And like Southern, they're like, oh, okay. Oh, well, that case, like, yeah. Oh, you're legit. It's so, like cachet. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, you know, we we learned a lot in the first year. We figured out what we, you know, what we were doing right, what wasn't so good, and we made a few brand adjustments by the end of 2019. Um, we had Southern distribution for Southern California. We had some distribution in New York and we released two more expressions. We got a custom bottle and we raised a little bit more money. We did a, like a seed round and then we came into 2020, like, all right, now we're going to go for it. Like we, we it. feel like we build a foundation. We kind of know our consumer. We know our brand. We know where we fit in the market. Um, we come out of the gates in January, February in 2020. Like, <laughs> and then COVID hits. <laughs> yeah, 550 new bars and restaurants. Oh my God. And we're just like, all right, we're on. And then March hits and just smack. It just all shut down in front of us. Like we're out to the bars point. and every. Oh. Yeah, we're LA, Southern California, and New York City. They're out there. <laughs> the, the worst so, places, right? Oh my God. Hits and it just goes 90% of our account base is closed. Oh so, my gosh. So what did you guys do? So we were, we were lucky. We just, we, we knew what we could control. We couldn't, because at that point it was like, we didn't know how long it was going to last. That's it's right. like a week. We couldn't yeah. make things like, oh, we do this, that. It's like, do we, you know, we'd hired a few more people. We were all ready to go. So we're like, we just have to kind of batten down the hatches a little bit. So we kind of let the new hires go. Um, and then we focused on, all right, if we're not going to be able to sell a lot of product because this is closed, let's just focus on building the brand and awareness. So we just dove in heavily on our social media yep. um, and just trying to have fun online. We're, you know, we're actually pretty fortunate. We've got a really strong merchandise business online. I noticed that. Better. I was going to ask you yeah. about that. I mean, and quite cool t-shirts, t-shirts, by the way. The shirts I love. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that was kind of our background from the action sports industry is right. another thing that we decided to do with a brand that was different because we didn't have that traditional aspect of entering the liquor market where you have industry connections, big distribution, and, you know, in this day and age, a celebrity. It's like, right. it's like you can't spirit unless you're a celebrity these days. 
So we're like, all right, we're going to have social media, we're going to have fun, and we're going to kind of build this merchandise range because if we can get people that want to like buy our shirts and wear our product, all of a sudden we've got hundreds and thousands and then tens of thousands of walking billboards right. conversations for your brand. brand. Yeah. And what we did, the trick was we didn't make it like Lost Sundays branded merch. We made it tequila branded merch and tied in Lost Sundays to it because tequila as a category is so popular amongst millennials in the, the demo that we're targeting. We tried to make it fun and quirky with these t-shirts. And it, you know, honestly, we had no idea it would catch like it did and it took off. Like, so all of a sudden we're just pumping t-shirts. So, That's crazy. So, uh, That's yeah, crazy. A whole, whole lot of t-shirts all through COVID and all this thing, which was really good at, at build our awareness. We worked with all the bars and restaurants that started doing the to-go programs and the to-go right. sales. We started doing like really cool, like stickers, like happy water for fun people. And <laughs> nice. Yeah. In and doing all these like cocktail to-go programs in the merch. So we just really tried to keep ourselves very, um, alive like brand wise yeah Yeah, brand wise until things started to open back up for for distribution and then sure yeah by the end of the year we got you know we got really lucky kind of causing that stir online and being able to communicate with our consumers so well that way you know we ended up getting approached by quite a few strategic partners through 2020 and and like investment partners or distribution like store retail like yeah industry strategic partners that Got are it. kind of players in the industry already with portfolios of brands and network and things like that that can open up a lot of doors and and move a lot more product a lot more quickly for you because it's very relationship based it totally so, is and yeah. then when did you see things starting to tick back up on the beverage side so towards the end of the year you know as as things started to open back up we um q4 we launched tennessee massachusetts and rhode island got it um, and we saw really good traction on the brand there for new markets. Like Tennessee has been crushing for us as well. We, you know, <laughs> we love our market. We work with a couple of really cool influencers there that, that do, you know, really move the needle for us for awareness. Um, you know, and then at the end of the year, we ended up, you know, kind of moving into a new deal and picked up national kind of distribution with Southern. So we became available in their platform for kind of, um, for any you know, market yeah to be able to pick us up so our goal was like we'll try to open maybe 10 markets 15 markets by the end of this year um as our goal to expand and when That's we awesome. became available in the platform and started doing a few pitches on our gsms all via zoom we end up picking up 30 markets so 30 wow. states That's came awesome. back orders, and so we were like overwhelmed we're like wow so we kind of went from like Southern Cal in our backyard. And right, all place. over. All of a sudden, we got, you know, we've, we've got 30 markets in two countries and we're, we're just trying to keep up and enjoy the ride. Really cool. One of the things you've mentioned is meeting with the reps at Southern um, in terms of, and, and explain to them your brand. And not everybody understands this because they haven't worked in your space, but help our audience understand what that's like. Um, they get pitched all the time, right, by different brands and, oh, and whatnot. So, what does that look yeah. like? Yeah, they, you, you really got to have your reason like why as a brand, you know, as there's so many brands and people come to market and, and the poor guys at Southern, a lot of the time they think, you know, brands think once you pick up Southern, okay, my job's done. They're right. Just no, they'll do, they'll go get it at the market. Right. And <laughs> yeah. they're not going to do that. They really want to work with the brand. And we always said is like, if they picked us up and we go into to new territories, we're going to be your best partner. We're going to, we're always available. We're going to work, work with you and we're going to help make the brand move. Um, our biggest thing that we found that really, really resonated and 
worked for us and got them excited was our point of difference. I feel like they were getting hit. Every new brand that they were launching was a celebrity brand. Got so it. So it was that same kind of like, here's the this same pitch. Got it. It's the same pitch. And what they really liked with us and it was refreshing was like, we're just kind of like a couple of Australians and, um, Kira and Reagan, the girls in our marketing team that were, you know, we're nobodies. No one knows who we are, but we've built this brand that they really like. And then we get on this GSM where we'll have like 65 people in Texas on there and we're pitching the brand. And it's like, just explaining, you know, it's not about us. It's just about the brand and showing our social and showing our merch and showing our point of difference. And it's, it's been really refreshing. You know, that's the feedback we get from them. It's like, it's so good to have a, a point of difference and a real story to tell where you guys actually started with nothing and build a brand that built because of the demand. Like we couldn't keep growing if consumers weren't buying us. And so we organically grew um, with our audience. And, you know, it's just a different story to tell and a, and a different way to present a brand. Got it. Um, and so, and I think that's something that most of our like audience doesn't understand because they haven't lived that, right? They haven't had the opportunity to like be out and like try have to sell in and, and sell the why. And you're right. There, there seem to be a lot of like celebrity brands and like, that's not the differentiator necessarily. You know what I mean? It's the, yeah. it's the actual product. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just, just the positioning, we look at it, you know, as I feel like there's really longevity in building a, building a brand where it's all based on the brand. Like the risk you run with a celebrity or a key person that that's the face of your brand. If something happens to them, that can be detrimental to your brand. You know, if, if they were to be in an accident or they were to be the next Harvey Weinstein, you know, it's like, that's really bad for your brand. If you had a brand tied to that. So it's like, sure. if we just make it about the brand and not the individual. Um, we feel like that has, you know, builds a really strong foundation for something for longevity in a business. Um, and we also make it to be, you know, about our consumers. Like we've, from the day we started, we've been really, really inclusive with our brand. Like we don't, with our marketing and our social, we don't feel like we shoot information at people. We have a conversation, we put things up and we engage and we share and we get a lot of user generated content. So we really kind of feel like we're building this brand within the people like we we always say we're the people's tequila and sure. i know the lot out there with kids doing that now but i'm like dude we are the people <laughs> we like, are. Right? i love it I'm, like, I'm not leaving this interview to go film the next fast and furious it's like oh. wearing, you know, <laughs> right that's pretty funny i'm going to a bar to after work to support and, and say what's up and and buy some margaritas for the people so. i love that i love that um Super fascinating. How important has it been the people around you in terms of building this brand? Uh, have there been key, I'll say hires or partners to help you get this and scale it? Or what does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're still a small team. We up until this year, that was only three of us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we did everything. We all wore every hat and we all hustled and yep. spent a lot of time in front of the computer and then going to account. So but we've doubled now. We're like six people and an external sales rep and, and growing more. So we're still small. We're at about seven people now. Um, but then, you know, we, we have a really strong import partner that has a really solid infrastructure sure. behind us now. So we've picked up about 50 back of house staff and Got reps it. that work directly for us that then go and support Southern Glaciers and work with those teams now as well. So we kind of have these extra layers of support that honestly – you wouldn't be able to scale without those. Like you can't be able to service 30 markets with six people. In right. The There's no way. No Southern way. California. So we're very lucky to kind of have, have these layers of support now. And, and, you know, we've, 
we've been building a relationship with them the last six months and getting them very educated on the brand and who we sell to and how we present the product and why we started and and they're out there doing a really good job of of passing on that information. That's great. Uh, I also have to ask our guests uh, for two or three pieces of advice you'd, you'd offer to other entrepreneurs that are listening. Uh, you've been at this not you know in the last couple of years, of course, and had a lot of lessons learned. What would you share with our audience uh, today? I, th- I think the best things that I've learned is um, just like being consistent and backing yourself. You know, it's like starting a business, and this is our second one now. It's it's a roller coaster. Like you just have ups and downs. It's never going to be even. It's never going to be like all one way or the other. It's like some days you just like, I've got this. We're about to take over the world. Like this is awesome. And then the next week you're like, we're going to go bankrupt. This is all going to fall over. It's just such right. a roller coaster. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's just being consistent and knowing there's ups and downs and just really just being consistent and writing it out. Um, I feel like that's one of the biggest things. And also if you're looking to start a business, it's like, there's, there's really no recipe of how and when and why to start. You just have to start and then figure out, you know, there's a really good saying I've heard a while ago or read. And it was like, if you don't hate or you're not embarrassed by the first generation of your product, you started too late. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you look back at when we started, we had a stock bottle with a screen logo and these basic cases and that, and that we just had to start and we started and we adapted and we developed and 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 we got through but if we waited to try have this brand package together right. to launch perfect we, we yeah that's square one so yeah totally agree yeah it is that's a great point you know the first iteration of a product versus later yeah. um yeah. share with our audience where they can find you connect with you um find the product etc uh definitely jump online to find we we do a lot of stuff through our social media and our website so you can go to lostsundays.com or you can follow us on social media with at loss underscore sundays um everything we do goes online so we got a lot of cool memes and content and cocktails and merchandise and, <laughs> and cool. all that stuff now it's a good time so. and merch yeah, uh, yeah so cool mitchell thanks so much for coming on the podcast uh so good meeting you i'm excited about your brand you've got so much runway in front of you um you got to come back on down the road and share with us uh, more stories from from your growth yeah. phases Back. We'll make sure there's a uh, bottle of tequila behind you on the shelf there. <laughs> I know. I, I have other stuff, as you can yeah. see. That's we've, hilarious. Got, we've, we've got we've got distribution there now, so uh, that's good. Sure. I can I can I can get that then. Hey yeah. man, thanks so much for coming on. Cool, thanks, mate. I appreciate it. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.